0: Welcome to 7 Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes. We make modern meaning out of ancient texts, exploring them through liberal Jewish eyes. To become a supporter of this podcast, please visit patreon.com slash 7 Minute Torah. So the story goes that in a small shtetl in Eastern Europe, there was a beggar named Yankala, and the rabbi wanted to give Yankala a job to help him get on his feet. So one day, the villagers are all returning home, and as they enter the gates of their town, the gates of their shtetl, they see Yankala sitting out there. What are you doing, Yankala? He says to them, well, the rabbi gave me a job. I am the watcher of the Messiah. My job is to sit out here at the gate all day, every day, watching for the Messiah. What kind of a job is that, the villagers say. Yonkala says, well, the pay is not too good. But at least it's steady work. I like that joke, because... I think it says something real about the world, even though it's a joke. And what it says is that Judaism appoints all of us, in a sense, to be the watch people of the Messiah. Now, as a liberal Jew, I don't believe in an actual Messiah. I don't believe that a divinely appointed person is going to come and make the world a better place. What I do believe is that all human beings are given the responsibility to make the world a little better place and to find the goodness in the world. And so our job is actually to be out there looking for these opportunities and looking for these goodnesses. But as Yankel says in the joke, if you're waiting for everything to be perfect, if you're going to sit and wait for the Messiah to simply appear, for a miracle to reveal itself, you're going to be waiting a very long time. That is steady work. Now this week's Torah portion is not about that. It's not about the Messiah. But you'll see in a minute why I raised that story. This week we're reading from Emor. Emor is Leviticus chapter 21 Through 24, we are deep in Leviticus here. We're talking about priestly things, sacrifice and offerings and the eating of the sacrificial meat and all these things that are related to sacrifice. Now, let me just say one quick thing about sacrifice, which is that in Hebrew, we don't use the word sacrifice to mean an offering that's brought before God. We use the word korban, and korban doesn't mean to give something up, which is what a sacrifice is. It means to draw closer. A korban is a drawing closer in a sense of yourself to God by bringing something to God, and also a drawing closer of God to you. And ancient people literally believed that they were drawing God closer, which is why the Torah talks about the pleasing scent of the sacrifice, which would presumably bring God to dwell on earth. Now, I raise all that because I want to remind us that when we talk about sacrifice, when we talk about these offerings made in the temple, we're actually talking about food. We're talking about a divine barbecue. People would bring an animal and it would be slaughtered and cooked And then various things might happen with it. Sometimes that sacrifice was completely burnt up. Sometimes it was eaten by the priest. And sometimes it would be eaten by the individual who had brought it as a kind of a celebratory meal following the offering. We still have remnants of this in our Judaism today in, for example, the Passover Seder. We don't make an offering. There's no sacrifice. But we still have that celebratory meal, which we share with one another in order to recognize the joy and the sanctity of the moment. Ancient sacrifices were really similar, except that the sacrifice itself was made in the temple in Jerusalem by the priest. Now, this week's Torah portion gives a bunch of rules For priests, and for sacrifice, but I want to focus in on one of them. This is Leviticus chapter 22, verse 29 and 30, which is about an offering called the Zevach Todah. If you know any Hebrew, you might recognize the word Todah, which in modern Hebrew means thanks. It means the exact same thing in ancient Hebrew. What we're talking about here is an offering of thanks. And the Torah says, "V'khitzbachu zevach la'donai, when you offer an offering of thanks before God, bayom ha'hu ye'achel. It shall be eaten on the very same day. You shall not leave any of it over until the morning." So this seems relatively straightforward. When you bring this thanksgiving offering, It's going to be sacrificed. Whatever animal you're bringing is going to be sacrificed in the temple. You're going to have your divine barbecue. It'll be cooked and then returned to you. And then you eat it. But there's a rule given here which is unique to this sacrifice, which says that leftovers are forbidden. You may not have any part of this sacrificial meat left over until the next day. You have to eat it all that day why, we might ask, is that the case? Well, maybe it's because they just didn't have refrigerators back then, so you couldn't leave meat sitting out. But if that's the case, that would have been the same with other kinds of sacrifices as well. And the Torah specifically does not say this with regard to other kinds of offerings. It only says this with regard to the Zevach Todah, the Thanksgiving offering. So that's kind of weird, right? all the other sacrifices, you can have leftovers. But when it comes to this Thanksgiving offering, which you bring out of thanks or celebration for something in your life, no leftovers allowed. The commentators have a similar question. They also want to know why no leftovers with this particular offering, and they come up with a couple of different reasons. The commentator Abravanel says that it must be consumed in a single day, so that the person who brought the sacrifice will invite more people to share it. And he continues on being asked what prompted this feast. The host will recount some good fortune and the divine wonder it represents. In other words, if you have to eat an entire cow all in one day, then you're going to invite people to come eat it with you. And then when they ask you what's the purpose of the party, you can say to them, listen to this great thing I have to share with you, this is why I brought the sacrifice to begin with. So Abravanel thinks that this rule exists so that we will connect with one another, so that we will have a party in order to celebrate this good thing that's happened to us. Another explanation comes from Rabbi Yitzchak Meir, altar of Ger, um, a Hasidic rabbi, who says we should have confidence that each new day will produce its own miracle. Therefore, the feast celebrating the miraculous event should be confined to one day and not extended to the next. So here you have a totally other explanation, which says today you're celebrating today's miracle. If we keep celebrating today's miracle into tomorrow, we might have our eyes closed to tomorrow's miracles. Miracles are all around us. Good things, blessings, things to be thankful for are all around us. And we should have our eyes open to them at all time. And we can walk into the world believing that every day will bring its own miracle. So on the surface, this Parsha is about sacrifice. It's about, like I said before, divine barbecue. But just underneath the surface, the commentators have a message for us here about what it is to celebrate the miracles and the good things in our lives. They teach us to reach out to one another, to form communities, to form relationships, to invite people to celebrate with us and to celebrate with others. And they also teach us to have our eyes open for the miracles that are with us every single day, to celebrate today's miracles right here and right now, and to have faith that tomorrow can bring another one. And I think for those of us living in this world without sacrificial offerings, those messages still remain. We're not bringing an ox to be offered at the temple, but we do have moments in which we want to celebrate with one another. We do have things that happen to us and people and experiences in our lives that we want to give thanks for. And Judaism teaches us to celebrate them. Celebrate them right here and now. Celebrate them with each other. And to recognize that in a sense, that is the redemption, the tikkun, the repair that we're all looking for. This world is in dire need of redemption. Yankala is still waiting by the gates for the Messiah to show up. And like we said, he's going to be waiting a really long time. But if we learn to look to the little miracles in our lives, if we learn to cultivate gratitude, then maybe we can also learn that we don't have to wait that the redemption we're looking for, the goodness we're looking for, and the opportunity for repair that we're looking for is right here and right now. Thank you for listening. Before I go, just a reminder that next Monday, May 8th, and for six Mondays after that, I'm offering the next installment of the Pirkei Avot study group. Pirkei Avot is the Talmud's tractate of ethical rabbinic teachings. It makes for amazing conversation. And even if you didn't study chapter one with us, you can still jump right in to chapter two. So you can go to laasok.org, l-a-a-s-o-k.org, and check it out. And there is an early bird special on until Thursday, May fourth. And you can also send me an email, rabbi at gmail.com. Take care and I look forward to seeing many of you in the classroom. Seven Minute Torah is a production of La Sok, Sacred Texts, Modern Meaning. If you enjoyed this program, please consider becoming a sponsor at patreon.com slash seven minute Torah. For more information about upcoming learning opportunities, Go to laasoka.org, laaso I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. Thanks for listening.